Hello, this is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Catholic Baltimore is a weekly radio program hosted by the Archdiocese of Baltimore, airing each Sunday following the broadcast of the Radio Mass of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic radio partners for sharing with us some of the content in this program and for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to the Archdiocese of Baltimore every Sunday. Baltimore Archbishop William E. Laurie, Bishop Adam J. Parker, Bishop Dennis Madden, and other bishops from Region 4 in the United States made their ad limina apostolorum visits, a Latin phrase meaning to the threshold of the apostles Peter and Paul, December 2nd through 6th, and received support for their work and a better understanding of the Church in the U.S. and its relationship with key Vatican departments. This is Christopher Gunty of the Catholic Review. Today on Catholic Baltimore, we'll hear from the conversations I had with the Baltimore bishops at the Pontifical North American College while the bishops were in Rome for this visit. Such visits are made by bishops from around the world, usually every seven or eight years. The visit comes after the compilation of a 300-page quinquennial report, a word meaning literally every five years, as was the custom in the past. That report covers 25 chapters about the life and ministry of each local diocese. The group included bishops from Maryland, Delaware, Virginia, West Virginia, the District of Columbia, the Virgin Islands, and the military archdiocese of the USA. The bishops also celebrated Mass at the four major papal basilicas in Rome, St. Peter's, St. Paul Outside the Walls, St. Mary Major, and St. John Lateran. At St. Peter's, the bishops celebrated Mass at the tomb of St. Peter himself, directly below the main altar of the church and the dome of the basilica. At St. Paul's, they prayed before the tomb of the apostle after Mass. Archbishop Laurie said this was a highlight of the visit. The highlight of any of them in a visit is offering Mass at the tomb of the Apostle Peter in the undercroft of St. Peter's Basilica and then visiting um, with the successor of Peter. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was privileged to be able to offer Holy Mass on the first day at the tomb of St. Peter and also to preach. And it was uh, a great joy and a great honor. And there at uh, the tomb of Peter, you feel a great spiritual closeness and bond with the rock upon whom Christ Mm -hmm. built his church. Those moments of prayer also impressed Bishop Parker. I wanted to just mention the official name of this visit, the Ad Limina Apostolorum, and that means, as we know, to the threshold of the apostles. In other words, it's, it's the visits to the tombs. Just to mention how spiritually powerful that experience has been in our two visits thus far. We began with Mass at St. Peter's on Monday morning, which Archbishop Lori celebrated. Mm-hmm. And then we had Mass at St. Paul's outside the walls, which you attended last night. And to then pray at the tomb of these apostles as a successor of the apostles in my first Edlimina visit has been extremely powerful. And mm-hmm. to do so also with all of the bis- bishops of our region has really been a grace-filled moment. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what I expected, but that that has caught me off guard in some ways, just how powerful those visits have been. Mm-hmm. For all three bishops, the time they spent with Pope Francis and a group of bishops from regions four and five, about three dozen bishops in all, had a great impact. 
They said the Pope asked them to be comfortable, and the conversation lasted almost three hours. Archbishop Lorry said the atmosphere was one of trust and communion. He said, this is a space, a place for freedom. To say what is in your hearts as priests and pastors and bishops. Uh, what are the concerns, the burdens that you bear? What do you want me to know about your local church? How can the Holy See be of help? What are your strengths? What are you happy with? What do you want to share? And also, um, do you have concerns and criticisms? Mm -hmm. It was extraordinary to receive such an open invitation. Did you talk to him about some tough topics going on in the church today? Sure we did. I mean, he invited us to, uh, in a sense, um, share those things that we work with, work on and struggle with every day. And we did. The beautiful thing about it was his humanity. Um, Pope John Paul II used to say that our humanity should be a bridge to Christ. And his humanity was so warm and so inviting uh, that it wasn't hard for any of us to take him up on his invitation. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, we felt a great, great closeness to the Holy Father, and we felt his closeness to us. Mm -hmm. It was a real moment of communion. In that atmosphere of trust, you feel free to bring up the things that are most troubling, most nettlesome, uh, most intractable, mm -hmm. uh, as well as the things that uh, bring you joy and bring you life. And you're able to talk on a somewhat more personal level, too. Having 37 bishops there made no difference. Mm -hmm. It was just as warm and informal as if there were seven bishops mm -hmm. there. Did you feel his support? Mm -hmm. Immensely. Do you think he felt your support? Immensely. I have no doubt of it. Mm -hmm. It was a true moment of encounter and communion. Archbishop Lurie said he shared the concerns of the Archdiocese with the Pope. I think what's part of this as well is for the Holy Father to experience our love, our communion, our closeness to him as he comes to know our local churches better. I was able, for example, to talk to him about the tremendous diversity of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. Um, whether you're talking about Mountain Maryland and uh, the kinds of challenges that are there, or whether you're talking about um, the Baltimore uh, and Washington suburbs that are part of our archdiocese, mm -hmm. or whether you're talking about the, the two faces of Baltimore, the, the face that is young, where there's renovations and growing areas and places that are so violent and so poor and so much in need. I did explain to him about the violence in the city. He was very surprised to hear that there's as many as 300 murders a year. I talked to him about the tremendously generous response of our priests 
to the pastoral needs of this very diverse archdiocese. Mm -hmm. And the, the great generosity of people in keeping alive ministries throughout the archdiocese, but especially in the underserved parts and the tremendous works of charity and education that go on in the great work of our Catholic charities and of course our schools. Mm -hmm. And I told them about um, the building of the Mother Lang School, which earned another thumbs up. Thumbs up, good for him. And in fact, what he singled out after expressing great shock and surprise over the level of violence in the city, he focused on the role of schools uh, informing uh, Catholic leaders and, and laying the foundation for people to live their vocations, but also its role in um, transforming the lives of those who are poor and underserved. And that's exactly what Mother Lang School is about. That's what Mother Lang School is about. So I've, um, I've been emboldened to perhaps when I come back next to see if he would bless the cornerstone for the new school. Bishop Madden said Pope Francis was truly pastoral during the audience. I think the overriding, what I'll go away with, the overriding highlight for me was just the, uh, the presence of our Holy Father. Uh, he was truly pastoral. He demonstrated uh, his complete trust in God, his love of God, uh, his willingness to do God's will. He also was uh, very open. We talked as would be expected about those things that confront our church in the United States with this sexual abuse crisis. We talked also about evangelization. We talked about you know how it is that we can live the gospel life and he he was very responsive to, um, to all the discussions. It was a free, free discussion. People were free to ask anything that they wanted uh, of our Holy Father. And he responded uh, very openly. After the break, we'll hear some more from the bishops of Baltimore about their ad limina visit to the Vatican. Reporting from Rome, this is Christopher Gunty of the Catholic Review, and you're listening to Catholic Baltimore. Catholic news from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. Pope Francis announced December 8th that he has accepted the resignation of Cardinal Edwin F. O'Brien as Grand Master of the Equestrian Order of the Holy Sepulchre of Jerusalem. The Pope named Italian Cardinal Fernando Filoni as Cardinal O'Brien's successor. Cardinal O'Brien, a former Archbishop of Baltimore, has served for more than eight years as leader of the Rome-based organization dedicated to promoting and defending Christianity in the Holy Land. As required by church law, the Cardinal had submitted his letter of resignation five years ago upon turning 75, but the Pope chose not to accept the resignation until now. It is with complete acceptance and appreciation that I welcome the decision of Pope Francis to replace me as Grand Master, Cardinal O'Brien said. In a November interview with Catholic Baltimore, Cardinal O'Brien said there are 30,000 members of the Equestrian Order all around the world. They contribute approximately $15 million annually to provide humanitarian aid in the Holy Land and to take care of the schools and parishes of the Latin Patriarchate of Jerusalem. Cardinal O'Brien noted that the territory supported by the Order includes Jordan, Israel, and the West Bank. Only 2% of the area is Catholic, he said, 
and much of the order's outreach aids non-Christians. The knights and dames of the order come from 40 countries, and each member is approved by the Holy See. Members promise to pray and provide financial support to the Holy Land and make at least one pilgrimage there in their lifetime. Members are also involved in ecumenical and interfaith outreach. In retirement, Cardinal O'Brien intends to remain in residence at the Vatican. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, I'm George Matasek. Do you want to know more about what's going on in the church and the world than you can get from your daily newspaper or local TV? Read the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the church full-time, The Catholic Review. Pick up the print magazine monthly at your parish or have The Catholic Review delivered to your home every month. You can get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to The Catholic Review e-newsletter for twice-a-week updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Find our app on Apple and Android and follow The Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Wherever your faith takes you, Catholic Review Media is ready to inspire, teach, inform, and engage. Read it today in print and online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. For 143 years, New Cathedral Cemetery has served the needs of the Catholic community of Baltimore and Central Maryland. New Cathedral is the only cemetery owned by the Archdiocese of Baltimore and is the final resting place for many religious orders and famous citizens. 125 acres of rolling hills, trees, and beautiful monuments, the cemetery is an oasis of peace and tranquility and is located off Edmondson Avenue just outside of Catonsville. New Cathedral is dedicated to the task of tending to the mortal remains of our dearly departed and has many more years of available space. If you are in need of a burial site, vault, monument, or marker, or just a respectful location to place your cremated loved ones, our counselors will help you through this process and make sure the wishes of you and your loved ones are honored. Visit us online at newcathedralcemetery.org, like us on Facebook at New Cathedral Cemetery Bonnie Bray, or call 410-566-7770. You are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. We're back on Catholic Baltimore with a special report about the visit to the Vatican in early December by Archbishop William E. Lorry, Bishop Adam J. Parker, Bishop Dennis J. Madden, and other bishops from Region 4 in the United States. This is Christopher Gunty of the Catholic Review. I got a chance to talk with the bishops in Rome at the Pontifical North American College, where seminarians from North America and even Australia study for the priesthood, just up the hill from St. Peter's Square. Archbishop Laurie was able to introduce the seminarians from Baltimore to the Holy Father before the audience and gave the Pope two gifts. One was a spiritual bouquet of prayers for the Pope to commemorate his 50th anniversary as a priest December 13th. The other gift was a little more lighthearted. We offered him a spiritual bouquet for his 50th anniversary, which is prayers and testimonials from people all around the Archdiocese based on the principal themes of his pontificate, mm. such as evangelizing, welcoming the stranger, protecting the environment, and so forth. He was very grateful. I said to him, I said, Holy Father, you always ask us to pray for you. I said, this is proof positive that we are praying for you. And he thanked me very warmly and clasped my hands. 
And uh, in addition to that, we gave him a Ravens jersey, number eight, uh, signed by Lamar Jackson and also by Coach Harbaugh. And um, it was presented by uh, Deacon Justin Goff, who presented to, to him in perfect Italian. And uh, it's on the back of it is the word Francis, and he held it up, and he gave it the thumbs up. Deacon Goff said he was nervous preparing to present the jersey to the Pope. It's always nerve-wracking meeting the Holy Father, and then when you're the only one that's kind of doing something out of the ordinary, you just add a little bit more uh, suspense to it. But he's an incredibly gracious person to begin with, and uh, you know his eyes lit up as soon as I stepped forward and uh, showed him the jersey. I explained that this is our, our football team from Baltimore and that they're called the Ravens. So, you know, I hope when this airs that this hole is still relevant, you know, mm. that they're, they're still going strong, right? You know, and uh, he, he lit up and he had a great big smile on his face and he said in Italian, that's great, and he gave us a big thumbs up. Um, and then the jersey was whisked off and I never saw it again. <laughs> but, yeah, it was just such an amazing experience and so nice to be able to bring... Uh, something that's so near and dear to our city, that's mm. our identity as, as Baltimoreans, to the Holy Father, and for him to mm. um, then be unified, you know, of course, by his prayers with us. As part of the week of meetings, the bishops also met with various Vatican departments called congregations and dicasteries to discuss concerns of the church with key leaders. This is my fourth oblomina in my life, and the spirit of these has also been different. Um, one bishop observed that while the previous visits of Limina were very, very good, they had a note of, of formality to them, a note of a pro forma character to them. Not at all. Here we go in and the, and the meetings are really great exchanges of views. And, and, and very helpful. So, for example, today we had a wonderful meeting of the Congregation for Clergy. You can imagine uh, we would talk about not only the abuse crisis, but um, the challenge for, uh, of, of the challenge that the crisis has brought about in the relationship of priests and bishops. Uh, for example. And the challenge in, in summoning vocations and, and encouraging vocations. Well, we, and, and it was very interesting. We, we, um, the dioceses represented around the table are all doing well for vocations, so including, thank God, the Archdiocese of Baltimore. But we talked a lot about priestly formation and how to do that in a, I'll call it a wholesome way, an integral way where you take all the dimensions of formation and make sure that they are really integrated into the life and personality and spirituality of the candidate for the priesthood. This was the first Ad Lumina visit for Bishop Adam Parker, who attended seminary at the North American College in Rome, and he found the meetings at the dicasteries helpful as well. I was not sure what to expect of the dicastery visits. I have found those to be extremely helpful for a couple of reasons. One, it simply has given me an orientation into the particular work of the dicasteries that we are visiting. We may have some impressions of what a dicastery might do, and we had a seminar, a seminar, a one session on the Roman Curia when I was a student here, so mm -hmm. almost 25 years ago. 
But the truth is that we haven't even officially as bishops been given a formal orientation to the work of the Roman Curia. And so I've been pleased to understand their work better. I have found too that the officials who are there are very open and accessible. And even more so than I anticipated, in most of these dicasteries we have visited, we have met with the head of the dicastery itself, along with the top officials who are there. That's been nice just to have a face with a name. Uh -huh. So we know who the, the people are who are do, doing the work over here. I found them to be very active in their listening, very much engaged in an open dialogue. Each of those meetings begins with an introduction from a previously appointed bishop from our own region right. who introduces the, maybe the topic and, and kind of our own pastoral situation. Typically then the, the official might might say a few words and then open it up for dialogue and that's been the experience thus far. What's been kind of fun too is that at a number of these dicastery visits I have seen uh, some of the staff members are classmates of mine from the seminary here who are now back here working in Rome. So in fact this morning we were at the Congregation for Clergy and all three Americans who work there were fellow students of mine here at North America College. So fun to see them again, and also great to see they're doing good work here. Yeah. Do you get an impression that the Curia has an understanding of the church in the United States, especially the church in our region? I do, and I've, I've been impressed with the depth of that understanding in, in their comments to us. It's clear that they're paying attention. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we have I do feel in our visit we have been able to enhance their understanding as well. Uh, the, these conversations have certainly been very helpful, very cordial, but also an opportunity for us to raise some concerns, raise some questions, even provide some critique. We've done that. It's been received with a, a spirit of engagement and understanding, and I, I think it's just helpful that that dialogue occur. So important for the individuals who are working at these dicasteries here to, to understand our situation in the United States as for any of the Episcopal conferences throughout the world. Bishop Madden said he was gratified by the willingness of the leaders and members of the Vatican departments to listen to the U.S. bishops. Today we met with uh, the Congregation of Clergy and also for Human Development. And uh, in both of those meetings, as there has been in other meetings as well, uh, I was most impressed with the, uh, the willingness of everyone here, especially the prefects, the cardinals, the willingness on their part to listen. They, they truly did listen. And they asked us questions, and they told us a lot about what they do in their different departments. But they, they listened to want to hear what we had to say, and they want to get a good impression. They themselves want to get a good impression. We met with uh, Cardinal Turkson's Human Development. That, that, that particular department is the coming together of four different councils. You know, and it's a wide spectrum. Yeah. You know, the poor migrants, La Dalte see and health. All these different councils came together, and so they they worked out a system. I think they have about seventy people. They told us working in that the castry, mm -hmm. and the cardinal spoke to us again. Uh, cardinal Turkson was very good. Cardinal Turkson's been to Baltimore. He's been. He's, he's come to visit and speak at um, at uh, CRS. He also met with uh, Archbishop Laurie, and he met with myself, and uh, he. he reminded me of that visit today when we were talking. Oh, that's great. And uh, he, he was just, again, I see in these different departments the reflection of the Pope, 
I think his influence is really spreading. They, uh, they're not department heads and like CEOs or something, but they're true pastors. Mm -hmm. And um, the one thing that came across for me was that they're, they follow that dictum of the Holy Father that they are there, those departments are there to help us. This has been a special report about the December 2nd through 6th Ad Limina visit to the Vatican by Baltimore's bishops, Archbishop William Laurie, Bishop Dennis Madden, and Bishop Adam Parker. They were interviewed in Rome at the Pontifical North American College. This is Christopher Gunty of the Catholic Review. Thanks for listening to Catholic Baltimore. Life can be hard, and at times we feel overwhelmed and alone. When faced with problems, know that there is a group of Catholics who are part of the prayer ministry of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, waiting to lift you and your needs to God in prayer. This ministry is comprised of men and women, young and old, religious and lay, from every ethnic and cultural background. They pray as individuals and in groups, in homes and meeting spaces throughout Baltimore. Like you, they are people who have suffered the same hurts, fears, pains, sickness, loss, and everyday burdens. Learn more about this ministry by visiting our website at www.archbalt.org. If you are in need of prayer, send your prayer request to prayers at archbalt.org or by phone to 410-547-5517. Would you like to volunteer to be a part of the ministry? Prayer ministers are always needed. Please call or email our coordinator who would be happy to speak with you. Child abuse is not only a crime, it's also a sin. The Archdiocese of Baltimore has long made the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through rigorous training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Baltimore. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our blessed mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May God bless us and keep us always in his love.